Hello, welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray, another Sunday, of course. Uh, right, where are we? 17 centigrade, 62 Fahrenheit, 88% humidity, 10, 11 millibars on the barometer, 1011 millibars. It's, where are we? It's about eight o'clock in the morning. There's no wind. Uh, it's actually raining. Uh, the flag isn't doing much because it's soaking wet and wrapped itself around the pole. <laughs> So the flag isn't doing much. Right, that's that note there. How are you all? I hope you're keeping well. Enjoying the summer, wherever you are. We've only got summer in the uh, southern hemisphere. No, northern. Where am I? I don't even know which hemisphere I'm in. Northern hemisphere. Hemisphere. I can't even say it now. Up north, north of the equator, we've got summer. Now, down in Australia, hello, Rob. Heard from Rob. Cold down there. Well, it serves you right because you're always hotter in Australia. You have lovely summers, whereas we don't. (laughs) You can have a taste of our weather down there. Of course, as I've said before, your winters down there are like our summers. You think, oh, it's cold. With that weather's up here, we say, oh, this is a lovely summer. (laughs) Anyway, enough waffling. I've got to tell you a story. This happened some years ago. I've called it uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You'll find out why in a minute. (laughs) I've changed the names of the people, obviously. Okay, this chap, friend of mine, Derek. He was a nice enough chap. We used to meet in the pub once a month. Sometimes more often we just bump into each other. No arrangements, we just bump into each other. And one day he said to me, I've left Wendy. That was his wife. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't like to ask why. I just said... I thought you two were fine together. You know, you've been together for a long time. He explained that he'd been having an affair for three years with this woman that lived down the road, Jenny. He'd been having this affair for three years. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. I I knew uh, Wendy, his wife as well. I'd seen them together. I'd been round to their place a few times. I'd always thought they were a good, strong couple. But he'd been having this affair. Eventually, he had said to Wendy, I'm leaving, I'm moving out. And he explained why, and he said about this other woman, Jenny. He said, Wendy was surprisingly understanding. Okay, oh, okay, right, whatever you want. He couldn't quite understand why she was like that. So he moved out, quite amicable, moved out, moved in with this Jenny down the road. I didn't know her. All he'd said was she lived in the same road. And after a couple of months, he was obviously getting on fine with Jenny. He signed over his half of the house to his wife, Wendy. They had no mortgage, okay? They were mortgage-free. They'd paid it off over the years. And I suppose he felt guilty and said to her, look, I'll sign my half of the house over to you. I'm, I'm living with Jenny now. And his wife, Wendy, was quite happy with that. They did it all properly at the solicitor's office. And that was that. He was living with Jenny and eventually their divorce came through. So Wendy was free of him, he was free of Wendy. Now that should have been it. That should have been the end of it. But no, I met him in the pub one night and he looked most disgruntled. And I said, you know, what's wrong? How, how are you? What's the matter? You look, uh, you look a bit miffed. That was the word back then, miffed. He said, Wendy had been having an affair with a chap for a year. And I said, well, fair enough. (laughs) You'd been having an affair with someone for three years. She'd be having an affair with someone for a year. And he said, yeah, but she'd been cheating on me. I pointed out to him that he'd been cheating on her for three years. 
And he said, oh, that's not the point. That's not the point. She'd been sneaking off behind my back, blah, blah, blah. Strange reaction to have, isn't it? It's very, very strange. I was quite surprised, actually. Apparently, the chap that she had become friends with, because I saw Wendy sometime later, and she said, I told her about Derek and we met in the pub. She said, yeah, I, I'd met this chap. She said, I was lonely. Derek was always out. He'd make excuses. She said, I knew it was excuses. I thought he was seeing someone. He was out in the evening. She said, so I'd go and have a drink with this chap. We got on very well. Only friends at first. Things developed. We discovered that we were really suited together and we ended up in a full-blown relationship. Now, Derek wouldn't let this go. Whenever I saw him, he was in a bad mood. <laughs> Wendy cheating on me. Well, for a year. I don't know why he didn't seem to realise that, as I said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I don't know what he expected his wife to do when he was always out. Every night is out somewhere, almost every night, according to Wendy. What did he expect her to do? Just sit at home waiting for him? She obviously found a friend in someone else and it went from there. But Derek was to fall even further into disgruntledness. He discovered that the chap Wendy had been seeing had a lot of money. He had a large house. He had his own successful business. And Wendy sold the house, her house, okay, which was her house to sell, no mortgage, it's all hers. She sold it and moved in with this other chap into his big house <laughs> with all loads of money everywhere. She had loads of money. He had loads of money. Now, Jenny, the lady that Derek had moved in with, who lived down the road, she had a mortgage and she expected Derek to pay half the mortgage. Oh, why not? You know, he was living there and it was quite a hefty mortgage. Apparently he didn't know about this. He just moved in with her didn't even think about it. And apparently he hadn't told Jenny that he'd signed his half of his house over to Wendy. Anyway, Derek said to me, he was always in a bad mood. He'd changed completely. He was depressed, always miffed about what had happened in the past. Jenny got fed up with it and threw him out. He now lived in a rented flat, a small one bedroom rented flat. He had no money behind him. He was still at his job, no money, and no one to be with. Again, you would think that's that, that's the end of that. No, no, Derek was to fall even further into it. <laughs> disgruntledness. I shouldn't laugh, really. He discovered that Wendy was about to leave him and move in with this other chap. Well, they're still married, him and Wendy still married at their house. He discovered that she was going to leave him. He got there first. He said, I'm going to leave you. He had no idea that she was seeing someone else. No idea that she was about to leave him. But also, to further the disgruntledness, to deepen his misery, she had planned to move out with this chap and sign her half of the house over to him. But he got there first. It's not funny, is it? <laughs> it's not funny at all. When he discovered that, he was really miffed. He was deeply disgruntled. He could have stayed in the house. Wendy would have signed her half over to him. He would have had a mortgage-free house. They could have sold Jenny's house and she could have moved in with him. So what is the moral of the story? 
Well, first of all, what's good for the goose is definitely good for the gander. Look before you leap. I suppose, I don't know, he should have found out. I was surprised that he didn't know that Jenny had a pretty hefty mortgage. Perhaps she just hadn't mentioned that. I don't know. It does seem a bit odd, but that's the way it was. That's what he said anyway. He never did tell me why he started having an affair with someone else. I thought he was very happy with Wendy. They paid their mortgage off. They'd done quite well. They'd been left some money, I think, by two of them have both been left money by different relations. So they paid the mortgage off. Everything should have been, I don't know, everything should have been fine. But for some reason or other, which he never did tell me, he started this affair with the woman down the road. I'm not sure why. I don't know why. Silly thing to do, really. So the moral of the story is, don't cheat on each other. Because <laughs> it doesn't work out, does it? Someone has to lose. And in this case, it was Derek. I knew another chap. I'd known him since I was, what, 16, I think? 17? He was happily married. But he had a roving eye. You know, he was what they used to call oversexed. Have you heard that expression? I don't know that people use that now. He was always looking at other women, always. I'd see him in the pub and he'd say to me, look, 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 there's some girls in here tonight. And he'd be looking round and I often thought his, I mean, his wife was lovely. I often thought, does she know he's like this? Anyway, eventually they split up. He was seeing some other woman and she kicked him out. His sons wouldn't speak to him. He had two sons. They didn't speak to him again. I'm not sure of the ins and outs of it, but he then married someone else. And she was quite a nice person. I think she was a teacher, if I remember rightly. But again, he started mucking around. He was always after other women. She kicked him out. <laughs> it's not funny again, is it? I think, to be honest, she was uh, pleased to get rid of him from what she told me when I saw her. She was pleased to get rid of him. He then married again and lived with this other woman. She was a very nice person. I, I got to know her. She was very nice. I don't think she was... She knew, he obviously, that he'd been married a couple of times before. But I don't think she realised that he was uh, such a womaniser. Anyway, she found out and she put up with it. Because by then, they're getting older and older and his womanising was slowing down a bit. He, he couldn't live that sort of life anymore. He was ageing. And uh, I don't know what happened to them. I lost contact. Presumably, they're still together. They must be very old now. Because he was... Well, he was 10 years older than me, so he'd be sort of in his 80s now. But I often used to wonder at him, you know, why do all this? You've got a nice wife and a nice home. You go and wreck that. You get another nice wife and a nice home, you go and wreck that. And then a third one. And he almost wrecked that. <laughs> Dear. Tis a, what is it? Tis a tangled web we weave. Something like that. There was a girl I knew in my teens. We'd sort of started going out together. And one night I saw her with someone else. So they were obviously more than just friends. And next time I saw her, I said, Are you going out with him then or, or me? You know, what, what's the situation? She said, Oh, you're one of many. She was quite open, quite honest about it, one of many. I said, oh, uh, I was quite shocked, actually. I'd not known that before. So I said, uh, well, I was one of many because that's the end of us. Oh, she said, oh, I quite like you. I, said, I quite like you, but I'm not sharing you. I'm not going to be one of many. So that ended then and there. I expect you've heard of an open marriage. That was another girl I knew. I asked her out. I forget where we met, in a pub somewhere. And I asked her out. Oh, yeah, she said, yeah, we'll go out. I 
met her the following evening in a pub and I'd been seeing her for a couple of weeks and she told me where she lived. I assumed it was with her parents, but she was married and she had two children. <laughs> so I said, uh, oh, well, that's the end of us. I said, I'm not going out with a married woman. Oh, no, no, it's an open marriage. My husband doesn't mind. He can do what he likes and I can do what I like. I said to her, well, you can do what you like, your husband can do what he likes, but uh, I'm not getting involved in that. I don't want to go out with a married woman, especially a married woman with two children. Well, just married, forget the children. Email now from Tina, who listened to last Wednesday's midweek message about relationships, and she has a story. Tina met this chap, she's 20, or was at the time, and she met Brian. He was about 28, bit of an age difference, but they got on really well. They'd been going out together for about three months. She was looking forward to a future with Brian. They were getting on that well, but she started to become a little suspicious. Brian had said all along that he lived with his mother and his mother was a bit of a funny person. She didn't like people calling at the house. That's why he hadn't given Tina his address. Now, three months is quite a long time, obviously, to go out with someone and you don't even know where they live. Also, he hadn't got a telephone. His mother didn't like telephones. She didn't want one in the house. This is before the days of mobile phones, of course. So she had no idea where he lived, didn't know his phone number, and to make things worse, she didn't know where he worked. She'd asked him several times over the months, and he said he worked at an insurance company in an office. She asked which one, he just said, oh, some boring one. He always changed the subject, evaded the question. So she didn't know where he worked, lived, or his phone number. Hence her rising suspicion. One evening after they'd been out for a meal, Brian dropped Tina off at her home. She lived with her parents. She had her car ready to go. She had her keys. As soon as he drove off, she followed him. Now, it was only a few streets away when he stopped, pulled into the driveway of a house, got out of the car, went to the front door, let himself in. She now had his address. She was pleased with that. She had actually got his address. So the following morning... She got up rather early and walked round to the house. As I said, it was only a few streets away. She walked round to the house. And there was a bus shelter just opposite the house, just down the road a little bit. She sat in there and watched and waited. She didn't have to wait long because Brian came out of the house, walked to his car and turned to wave to a woman who was standing in the doorway with a baby. Now, Tina was shocked, obviously. That wasn't his mother. The woman was about the same age as Brian. Tina crossed the road and made out she was just walking past the house as Brian noticed her. He looked shocked and rushed down the drive to speak to her. I can't stop. I'm late from work. He said, I can't stop. OK, I'll talk to you later. Tina says he was uh, as white as a sheet and he was visibly trembling. I expect he was. <laughs> The woman with the baby, she came down towards Tina. Brian said, look, that's my sister. OK, just go. I'll talk to you later. As the woman approached, she said, Brian, aren't you going to introduce us? He was just dumbstruck. He, he didn't say anything, according to Tina. He just stood there looking deathly white. Tina said, hello, I'm Tina, Brian's girlfriend. <laughs> of course, this woman said, I'm Rachel, Brian's wife. 
And with that, she started having a go at Brian. Tina just, well, not did a runner exactly, but she just slipped away and left them to it. What an absolute nightmare situation that must have been. As Tina says, she lived with her parents and she was 20 years old. Brian, he'd got a house with his wife, they got a baby and their marriage, no doubt, was going to be uh, pretty bumpy from then on, if not finish altogether. So Tina says in her email that she felt more sorry for his wife because she had the baby, they got a house together, she's married, and she finds out her husband's been seeing some other woman, some other younger woman. Brian contacted Tina, he phoned her, and apparently he said, look, I'm leaving my wife, we're splitting up, blah, blah, blah. I didn't tell you I was married because you probably wouldn't go out with me, but we are splitting up. It's amicable, you know, we'd agreed to all this ages ago. And she said, Brian, you're talking rubbish. <laughs> that's not what you put here, Tina, but that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to use the word rubbish, OK? She said, you're talking rubbish. You've been caught out and now you're trying to wiggle out of it. She said, that's it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm finished with you. She felt more sorry for his wife than she did for herself. Yes, she was hurt. She was upset. She was angry. But she was young. She lived with her mum and dad. And that was just a chapter in her life that had now come to an end. For Brian and his wife, well, for his wife especially, it was an absolute disaster. After a couple of weeks, Tina went round to the house and knocked on the door. Rachel answered. She was extremely hostile at first, as you would expect. But Tina explained to her that she had no idea that Brian was married. She said, look, if I'd known he was married, I'd have had nothing to do with him at all. So Rachel invited her in. They had coffee and they actually became friends. Now, the funny thing is, well, perhaps it's not funny. None of it's funny, really, is it? But Brian did end up living at his mother's place. Rachel threw him out. She stayed in the house. Brian was with his mum. Uh, it's it's a dreadful story, really. Thanks so much, though, Tina, for, for sharing that with everyone. Oh, by the way, Tina is now married. She's been married for a long time. She's got children, and this is all in the past. Right, another quick email from Ray this time. Hello, Ray. Nice to hear from you. Ray says, being wet behind the ears, young, daft, and besotted by a girl of 16 when he was just 19. Uh, he fell deeply in love. Well, we've all been there, haven't we, Ray? In our teens, you know, when you're 18, 19, you meet a girl. This is it. This is love. This is fantastic. Uh, she had a fantastic figure. Uh, I won't read that bit, <laughs> Ray. Um, yeah, looked really nice. And he just wanted to spend all his spare time with her. And he became infatuated. Yes, I know that. I've been there in my teens. Stone the crows. It all came crashing down when after six months... He found her dating two other lads behind his back. Apparently he was warned by his mates that she was a good time girl. That's an old expression. I like that, a good time girl. Wasn't there a record with that in any way? And he thought that they were just jealous and took no notice of them. He was devastated and he finally gave her up. But he discovered that uh, they had been telling the truth. She was, uh, she'd been doing the rounds, as he put it. Anyway, Ray met and married someone else and had three kids. There we are. So that's a nice one. And apparently the, the girl ended up not marrying, never having children, and lives a lonely life in a rented flat. 
So, yeah, I've known, uh, I like that, good time girl. I like that, Ray. I've known good time girls. I remember one girl in particular. I was, what, 17, 18? And we'd gone to a, a sort of firm's do. Uh, us lads in the workshop, you know, it was just a room at the back of the pub, the local pub. And there was this girl there and I asked her to dance and she said yes and we danced. And I was thinking how lovely she was and we were getting on well. I'd known her, what, five minutes, ten minutes. And this friend of mine muscled in. Would you like to dance? And he literally pushed me, only tapped me with his elbow out of the way, which I didn't think was very nice. Anyway, long story short, he ended up marrying her and she was awful. She was a good time girl, although she married him. She was seeing other people on the side. She even went after me at one stage and I didn't want to know, obviously. And I've always thought whenever I saw them together, I mean, it's all over now and they're finished. But uh, whenever I saw them together, I just thought, thank goodness that wasn't me. Thank goodness he muscled in that night and took her away from me. Quick change of subject for a minute. I pulled the computer out. It's under my uh, mixing desk here. All right, my three quid pine table. Oh no, I'm not meant to say that. I pulled the computer out and I took the, the side off it. Absolutely full of dust. Now my son's coming over, as I said, from America and he is going to do something inside and put new programs on and whatever he's doing to it. So I thought I'd better clean it out. Trish helped me. Absolutely full of dust. Goodness me. Anyway, I made a trolley to put it on with four little casters so it's easy to move in and out. It's been stuffed under the table here for years. I've never touched it. And honestly, the dust under there, because this is also my radio room where I am. As you know, it's not a high-tech air-conditioned studio. It's the front bedroom at the top in the house. <laughs> oh, look, the sun's out. That's nice. So anyway, it's all now cleaned out and I've sorted out the cables. Why are there so many cables with everything? With hi-fi gear, with all sorts of computers, with everything. There are wires everywhere. Look behind your TV. Have you got like half a mile of wiring behind the telly into the different boxes? And oh, goodness me. Have you seen this advert for the Sky? Is it Sky Glass television? Where there's no wires, no dish, no nothing. It's all internet. That looks quite interesting. The only thing is, what happens when the internet goes down? Which it does sometimes. What happens when it goes down? You've lost your television. We did lose TV back in the old days when it was only one or two channels. Very often there were faults. There were problems and you'd have a, a notice come up on the screen. Please do not adjust your set. Because <laughs> there was a, a technical problem or I forget exactly what it said. But every now and then the telly would go off. The, you'd lose the picture and this notice would come up. And they put on an interlude. Who remembers the interlude, especially on BBC? They put on a short film of perhaps uh, the potter's... Do you remember the potter's wheel? There was this chap making a, a clay vase or something and he's sitting at his potter's wheel with some soft classical music playing. And they they put that on while they fixed the problem. Because back in those days, it was all valves, you know? Uh, tubes, as you call them in America. No transistors, no ICs, no solid state stuff at all in the 50s and 60s. All valves. And of course, valves go wrong. Everything goes wrong. So it wasn't at all uncommon to have your TV programme halfway through. That disappears. And a notice come up, please do not adjust your set. Because that's what people did. Any problem, 
They put their hand behind the telly. There were a load of controls behind the telly that it was best not to touch. And they twiddle all of them. So what happened the next day? They're on the phone to us lot at the workshop. My telly's no good. Can you come and have a look at my telly? It's broken. It's no good. So we go round there. Have you done anything at the back? Have you adjusted? No. No, I haven't touched it. <laughs> yeah, right. What do you mean you haven't touched it? So you'd have to reset all the controls at the back and it would be. But I just thought I'd mention that sky glass telly because that would get rid of all. Well, it does get rid of all the wiring, doesn't it? Talking of my PC, several people over the years have said, oh, why have you got a PC? What do you want that for? A big tower stuck under your table. Why haven't you got a, a laptop or a you know, Surface Pro? I have got a Surface Pro. So has Trish. We've both got them. I need a proper PC for all the storage, for the video editing, for the audio stuff, because some of these programs I've got on here, they're massive, massive programs for editing and things. I don't know why people go on about it. There was one chap in particular, what do you want a PC for? And I, I felt like saying to him, look, why do you mind your own business? <laughs> yeah, you go home and play with your laptop or whatever it is you've got and leave me to my PC. Talking of America which I wasn't, was I, just now? Yes, I was. I was looking at the stats the other day. I hate that term, stats. I was looking at the stats for the podcast episodes. Do you know, well, you don't, because I'm about to tell you. Do you know, 46% of the listeners are in America. How about that? North America, followed by the UK. So how about that? There are more listeners to the podcast episodes in America than there are in the UK, which isn't actually surprising because I know that Americans are interested in the UK and the, the, you know, the British history and all that stuff. And apparently, goodness knows why, they like our British accent in it or what? Know what I mean? They like the way we talk, see? <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. Well, I say it's true. That's what I've heard. They do like our accent for some reason. So that's fantastic. So perhaps I shouldn't call valves uh, from radios valves. I should always refer to them as tubes, as you do in America. And it's not debris, as we call it here. It's debris. I like some of the, the differences in words, the difference, uh, the different pronunciation in words. It's It's interesting. And also there's the S and the Z, isn't there? Do you know, I always forget which way around it is. If you're saying, uh, let me think of a word, energize, how about that, energize? Now you can spell it with a Z or an S. I believe the British way is with an S. I think, I've probably got that back to front. No doubt you will tell me, raiserants at protonmail.com. No doubt several of you, hundreds, thousands of you will tell me. Because very often I'll type, say energize and it'll come up on the screen no no that's wrong incorrect spelling it wants a z or is it the other way around i don't know i'm just looking at the stats now it's quite interesting actually um where are we here's the list united states united kingdom then australia canada spain ireland hong kong indonesia germany it goes on south africa sweden finland tunisia zambia france philippines guernsey oh guernsey Netherlands, India, Greece. Oh, it goes on and on. Saudi Arabia, Iceland, Peru, Poland, Japan. It's really nice to know that there are people all around the world listening to me rambling on and talking rubbish. <laughs> you must be very bored, everyone. Nothing else to do. What should I do? Oh, I'll listen to Ray. That'll, that'll kill an hour <laughs> or so. There we are. No, seriously, it is lovely 
to know that people all around the world are listening. We're off to Amberley Museum today. Look it up on the map. Amberley, just outside Arundel in West Sussex. We're going to the working, the Chalk Pits Working Museum. I've told you about that before, so I won't ramble on about that. But that's going to be a lovely day. We're meeting uh, my, who are we meeting? I forget who we're meeting. My mum-in-law, Trisha's mum, her sister and her husband, and their daughter and one of her kids. I think that's it. It's good. We all meet up there. We have a coffee, then we wander around the place. The weather's not too bad today. I don't think we're going to have rain, so that's nice. I can't tell you what day it is because I don't know. Is it Friday? I think it's Friday. I've no idea. So we're going to wander up there. We went to the wetlands the other day at Arundel. I think I told you about that. That was nice. And we're going to a place that everyone seems to know about, uh, probably next week. Everyone has heard of Pulborough Brooks. Now, Pulborough is a place just, oh, what is it, 10 miles north of me? Not even that far. Now, everyone's heard of Pulborough Brooks. Apparently, it's like a, a wetlands place and they've got a, a little cafe there. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's very popular and we have never heard of it. When I first started mentioning it to people, Pulborough Brooks, oh, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, we've been there. I'd never heard of it. And people were amazed. I was amazed. We're all amazed that we'd never heard of it. Anyway, we're going up there probably next week. But I'm looking forward to today, to our visit at Amberley. They've got the old radio museum. They're full of radios and televisions, loads of televisions from the 1950s and 60s. Well, and later as well, 70s, 80s. Tape recorders, record players, the first transistor radios that came out. Telephones as well. There's a whole telephone section from the old candlestick phones. Do you remember those? You'll remember those in America because you had the candlestick phones as well as us. I think everyone around the world had candlestick phones, didn't they? I must just read this. This is from Matthew. Hello, Matthew, who I believe must be living in France. He says that, uh, do you remember I mentioned the English Channel? And I said the French want it called the French Channel. Well, they don't really. I, mean, I heard that somewhere. It's like the Irish Sea. You know, why isn't it the British Sea or the English Sea? It's the Irish Sea. And that's the way it is. There's the China Sea, isn't there? And the Indian Ocean, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, Matthew says that um, in France, uh, no one really in Europe calls it the English Channel. They just call it the Channel. So uh, that's interesting. Thanks for that, Matthew. He says the French, uh, what's it, roughly translates to the sleeve. Oh, I've lost the email now. I've just lost it. It took me ages to find it. I don't know why some emails disappear. He says they call it, is it Le Marge, which loosely translates to the sleeve. Anyway, thank you for that, Matthew. That's interesting. I've often wondered. I did hear somewhere many years ago that uh, the French either wouldn't call it the English Channel, well, which it seems no one in Europe does, or they wanted it referred to as the French Channel. I don't know. I can't remember. I do remember some years ago, you know, uh, airline pilots, they all speak English on the radio. They all speak English. All the airports around the world, it's all English. And I think the French some years ago, because Fr uh, French is such a popular language, isn't it, as well as English, they wanted it changed. So all the pilots had to speak uh, French. But that never happened. But that's interesting, isn't it? If anyone wants to become a pilot, an airline pilot, they have to learn English because that's what they speak on the radio. Wherever you are in the world, it's English. 
That's another interesting snippet of useless information. How can it be interesting and useless at the same time? Anyway, I'm going to make a cup of tea and have a look in the garden and I shall be back in a nanosecond. Complete change of subject again. I was listening to an internet radio station the other day. You know, there are thousands, aren't there? Online stations. I forget which one it was, but I was listening to it. They were playing some old stuff and they played A Way of Life by Family Dog. Dog with two Gs. Have you heard that one? Do you remember that one? A Way of Life by Family Dog. And I was listening to the lyrics because I used to love this record back in the old days. And I was just, I'd forgotten the words. And I was listening and it's rather odd. It's schoolgirls dating, daughters mating. (laughs) And I thought, did I hear that right? (laughs) Anyway, I looked it up and they are the lyrics. I won't, I can't play it because of copyright, but uh, schoolgirls dating, daughters mating, something like that. I can't sing. Do you remember that one? A Way of Life by Family Dog. And Trisha, I told her about it. I said, listen to this. She didn't know the record, of course, because she's younger than me. And she said, what sort of lyrics are they? It's quite incredible, isn't it? And that got me thinking about other lyrics from the past. There were some dreadful things. Radio 1, BBC Radio 1, back in the 60s, 70s. If a record came out and they banned it, it immediately sold hundreds of thousands of billions of copies. Because if it was banned by Radio 1, BBC Radio 1, then it had to be a good record. And it was quite funny. I reckon that some bands, artists, groups, they deliberately made sure there were words in it to get the thing banned. (laughs) So it would be a terrific hit. You never know, do you? I've just looked that up and it was uh, 1969. 1969 that came out. (laughs) Daughters mating. What's the next line? Mother's rearranging or something. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, there were loads, as I say, loads of records back then that uh, Radio 1 banned. Now, what's this here? I've got a piece of paper here. What's this say? Relationships. Oh, this is from, uh, who's this from now? I forget. Simon. Hello, Simon. He says he reckons relationships these days. This is between teenagers and early 20s, I suppose. Relationships these days are very different. He says in his day, and my day, of course, back in the 60s, you'd be in a pub or a club, you'd meet a girl and you'd ask her to dance or do you want a drink, ask her out. And you'd perhaps see her again if if she agreed. And if she gave you her phone number, then you knew that uh, she must like you to a certain extent. Otherwise, she wouldn't give you a phone number. And you see her again. Then you arrange to meet again and perhaps you phone each other. He says these days he's had kids, of course, and grandchildren growing up now and they're in their teens. And he's saying the relationships are very different. They don't often see their boyfriend or girlfriend. They do see them, obviously, physically from time to time. But a lot of their relationship seems to be online. They're texting on their phone or chatting on their phone or videoing on their phone. They seem to do more of that than actually physically meet and go out somewhere. I think you're right, Simon. We've got grandchildren who are in their teens. And yeah, they've got uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, but they do, you're right, they do spend most of their time, the relationship is on the phone or iPad or whatever it is they use these days. It's phones, isn't it, still? So that's an interesting point, Simon. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Anyone got any comments on that or comments on daughters mating? They were the same thing, <laughs> schoolgirls dating. I don't know, the things that we did back in the 60s. 
very different from, uh, mind you, today's lyrics, I was going to say very different from today's lyrics. They're not, are they? Some of these, are they rap, these rapper people? I've heard some of the bad language and those swearing and all sorts of things going on. Wouldn't have got away with that in the old days. Anyway, any comments on that, raise rants at protonmail.com. A lot of records that were banned in the uh, 60s were protest songs. Do you remember, was it uh, Belinda? Come away, Belinda. There were lots of little girls like you before they had the war. Stuff like that. And she says, Mummy, Mummy, come and see what I've found my digging in the ground. And anyway, you probably remember. No, you don't if you're young. Do you remember? If you're old, do you remember the protest songs? There were loads, weren't there? I think Jimi Hendrix, uh, when he did Machine Gun, because it was Jimi Hendrix experience, wasn't it? And then the Jimi Hendrix Band of Gypsies and Machine Gun. I believe that was about the Vietnam War in the 60s. If I remember rightly. I don't know, my memory's fading. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Funny getting old. You remember things vividly from like the 60s. But if you say, what did you do yesterday? I can't remember. Yes, I can. We went to Amberley Museum. That's right. We went to the museum and it was lovely. No rain at all, which was good. Today, it's supposed to be raining all day. I don't know what's going on with the weather here. It seems that we've had our summer. This is the British summer, isn't it? We had our summer in June. The heat waves, the blistering heat, scorching and all this, the weather forecast talk about. Tarmac on the roads melting, trains coming to a halt because the lines have buckled with the heat. Well, that was a couple of weeks. That was summer. If you blinked, you missed that. Oh, did I miss summer? Yeah, that's gone. <laughs> We're now into kind of autumn mode, which is a bit daft because uh, it's July, isn't it? I'm sure the summer will come back. Every now and then on the forecast, you'll hear heat wave to hit Britain and all this rubbish they come out with. And what that means basically is that this weekend, the sun might come out. About five minutes ago, I changed some audio settings. You probably haven't noticed any different. You're not paying attention, are you? There was some bass. It was picking up bass. This microphone I've got has an extremely wide frequency response. For those of you interested in this, I think there's Mark in Ireland. Hello, Mark, you know about this. This microphone picks up really low frequencies. And I was watching the waveform on the screen as I'm recording. And I'm thinking, what, what's that? There's a kind of sine wave popping up every now and then. It was as a car went past. And I wasn't really aware of the car. We got the windows closed, double glazed, so you could hardly hear it. But the bass was coming in to the room. And as a car went past, it's kind of like that. Do you like that sound effect? And the mic was picking that up. Anyway. I've now set the roll-off thing at 40 hertz. Anything below 40 hertz, you won't hear it. There's nothing to hear below 40 hertz, believe me. In the old days, it was cycles, mega cycles, killer cycles. Now it's all megahertz, kilohertz and stuff like that. Talking of Florida, which we weren't, we were talking of America, number two daughter and her husband and their four kids, they've all gone out to Florida for a month. How about that? They've gone for a month. Lovely. And they sent us a little video yesterday. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's very hot out there. Driving along in the car. I think they were going to the Keys, is it? Florida Keys. Beach Boys did that, didn't they? Was it way down to Florida Keys? They were driving to the Keys and it was lashing monsoon type rain. Wipers are going flat out. And five minutes later, the rain stopped. 
and it's heat wave again. So perhaps it's not only the British weather, it's uh, Florida weather as well. Anyway, they're having a great time down there. They've been down there not even a week yet. So they've got uh, over three weeks left and they seem to be loving every minute of it. I was just thinking again what Simon was saying about uh, relationships in the old days and these days. We had no uh, media, did we? Internet, social media stuff, mobile phones, computers, all that. You just didn't have any of that. And of course, a lot of people, well, especially in the 50s and early 60s, they didn't have a telephone. You hear my neck crack then? It often does that. They didn't have a telephone. So if you met a girl and you asked her out, or you met a boy and asked him out, there's no way of keeping in touch. <laughs> you had to sort of go to each other's houses uh, and arrange things. I remember one girl I knew, they didn't have a phone at home. And if we hadn't arranged anything on our last outing, then I'd have to go around her place and say, what are you doing this weekend? You know, should we go out Friday, Saturday or whatever? And uh, if she wanted a phone, because I had a phone, if she wanted to phone me, she had to go around to the phone box. And she called that her phone box because it was luckily just down the road. Of course, there were phone boxes everywhere back in those days, 50s, 60s, well, even 70s. Phone boxes were absolutely almost on every street corner. There was a phone box. I don't think there are any. Now, are there? Have you got a phone box near you? Raise rants at protonmail.com. How about in other countries, Australia, well, America? Most of my listeners are in America. Do you have phone boxes? I suppose not. You've got cell phones, haven't you? Then, of course, here in Britain, Mercury started having their own phone boxes because we had the GPO, British Telecom type red phone boxes. Then Mercury brought in their own. And I don't think people really use them because that's when phone boxes were on the way out. So that was a waste of time and money. In fact, there's a, a red phone box at Ambley Museum. And there's also, I believe, there's a Mercury one. Is it Mercury? I'm sure it is. There's one of those there. Because there's a whole area, as I said earlier, of telephones and stuff like that. Then they've got the Electricity Museum. That's a huge, like an aircraft hangar. And it's full of domestic appliances, washing machines, vacuum cleaners, stuff like that from the old days. And also... Um, electricity distribution stuff, transformers, huge insulators and switch gear. And of course, I'm into all that. And uh, also the engines, they've got stationary engines, steam engines. There's a railway there. Listen, I'm advertising. They ought to pay me, you know. Ambly Museum, Ambly Chalk Pits Working Museum. Well worth a visit if you're down in this neck of the woods. I thought I'd get more emails and messages about relationships uh, that people have had in the old days, but I've only had a few, unfortunately. A couple of them I can't read out. Why is it always the, the ladies that send me emails I can't read out? Naughty emails. There's one here from uh, Harriet. That's Thank you for that, Harriet. Nice to hear from you. I can't read any of that out although it's very interesting. Um, and the other one is from Paula. Hello, Paula. Yours was very interesting as well about a married man. <laughs> and I can't read that out. Well, basically, uh, yeah, no, it's a bit rude. Paula went out with his married man and ended up going out with his wife. <laughs> right, moving on swiftly before I get into trouble. I don't want to get into trouble, do I? It's now Saturday. Where are we? Quarter to 11, Saturday morning, 15th of July. 2023. I've got that right, you see, not 2003. The weather, well, we've had wind warnings from the Met Office, the meteorological 
Well, I think I said that correctly, didn't I? Meteorolog yeah, the weather office. <laughs> We've had wind warnings, lashing with rain this morning, but now it's quite nice, about 20 degrees centigrade, whatever that is in Fahrenheit. I can't look it up at the moment. I haven't got my iPad with me. But uh, a lot of wind. The flag is still wrapped round its pole. So I think the wind's coming from the west, kind of southwest. I like the wind when it comes up from the south because it's warm. What am I talking about? You're not interested in that, are you? Went downtown this morning. That was a mistake. The parking, well, there is no parking. We had to drop a birthday card off and it was an absolute nightmare. This, this little road, I drove down this little road and there's a big van parked right in the middle of it, blocking everything. So I had to reverse, no sign of the driver. I had to reverse. Where I reversed into was a one-way street. So I could only go one way. I had to go around the block. Then there were roadworks. It was just a nightmare. I just, every time I go out in the car, I just remember the old days, 60s, 70s, 80s. The roads were lovely. They were quiet, no potholes, no parking problems. Because whenever I mention that, Trish says, oh yeah, well, there weren't as many cars, there weren't as many people, which is true. But that doesn't stop me reminiscing about the good old days. I hate driving now, I just hate it. People park where they like, on pavements, on the corner, there's a rule, isn't there? It used to be 15 yards from a junction. I don't know what it is now, so many metres. But people take no notice. They park actually on the corner of the junction, on the pavement, on the sidewalk. I've got to say sidewalk now, haven't I? Most listeners are in America. <laughs> Dear, happy days. I love it all. Anyway, look, it's great talking to you, but I think I'm going to end it here. Been to my mum's this morning and listened to her. Sorry, had a chat with her. Trisha's mum is here now, so we're listening to her, so chatting to her. What am I saying? I will get into trouble at this rate. So I don't think there's anything else to say, is there? Let me have a little think before I disappear. Oh, there is one thing. We don't normally drive down to the town. It's just that we had a, a parcel to take to the post office. Another nightmare. And it was a big parcel. We couldn't carry it. They're talking on the telly this morning about older people that have got bus passes, they're trying to encourage them to use the bus pass more to get people out. I think the trouble is, what they were saying, you get old people, they get lonely at home if they're on their own. They get lonely, they don't want to go out, they don't have a car or they can't drive anymore. But they want them to go out into the community, get a bus into town or into the village or wherever, go to the local shops, go into a local cafe and have a, a cup of tea or coffee. It's quite a good idea. The trouble is, I don't know about out of town, but the trouble is with buses, they're on the road, obviously, and the road's blocked up. Road works, parking, blah, 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 just as I've been moaning about. Sorry, talking about. I never moan, do I? <laughs> Not a lot. So buses, I would hate to be a bus driver. We're in queues of traffic. OK, we're going to be delayed for a little while. The bus driver, he's got a timetable to keep to. I just, I don't know, I hate the whole thing. I hate the roads. I hate everything. <laughs> Sometimes people will say to me, look, instead of saying what you don't like, what do you like? It'll be a lot quicker. Well, I do, what do I like? Not a lot, really. I like Trisha. What else is there? I think that's it. No, seriously, I love talking to you. As you know, if I didn't, I wouldn't do it, would I? I wouldn't sit here talking to you if I didn't like it. I think that's the end. No more news to tell you about. If there is anything, it'll have to wait till next Wednesday for the midweek message. In the meantime, take care. Raise rants at protonmail.com. I am taking longer now. I'm always saying this, aren't I? Longer and longer to answer some emails. Today, I'm answering emails that came nearly a week ago. 
It's just I'm trying to plough through them all. Anyway, that's something else you're not interested in at all. Email me, regardless of how long it takes me to answer. I will answer. Take care. See you Wednesday. Bye-bye for now.